Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. This is the Broncos Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Broncos Wire editor, John Heath. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Wire podcast. We've been talking a lot about the free agency period, John, and we've been waiting to see. There was just one more guy on the list. The Broncos have really knocked out a lot of these guys that we wanted back, and there's one that we've been waiting for, the fans have been waiting for, Kareem Jackson. The Broncos bringing him back on a one-year, $5 million deal. Smart business from George Payton because, as you wrote, you know it's about half of what his salary would have been had Denver picked up his option for 2021, right? So... This is one that fans have got to be loving. Good to have Kareem Jackson back. Just another name, another guy with experience to add to that loaded defense. Yeah, like you said, I think it was very smart business from George Payton because Jackson and Von Miller both had contract options and he played them out completely differently. And I think he played it out perfectly. Kareem Jackson, I think he looked at him and looked at the safety market and what guys were getting. And I think he was like, okay, I don't think Jackson's going to draw a lot of interest on the free agent market, at least not for what he wants to be paid. And then if he doesn't, we might be able to bring him back for a lot cheaper than what this option offers him so he he declined the option cut him let him test for agency and jackson didn't get a lot of interest at least not for what he wanted and i assume jackson was probably like okay if i'm only going to get five million i might as well go back to the team that i'm familiar with i fit in the scheme well i have a good relationship with my teammates so i think it made sense for him to come back and the broncos wanted him to come back anyway so it just worked out and in contrast to von miller like if Peyton wanted to uh, decline Von Miller's contract option and let him test for agency, Miller would have gotten all kinds of interest and somebody would have been willing to pay him more than what the Broncos would have offered to bring him back. So I feel like picking up Miller's and declining Jackson, he played it perfectly. Like kudos for him. It's a bummer for Jackson. Like you said, his salary for this season basically got cut in half, but like, that's just football. It's a cliche that football is a business, but it's so true. It just, that kind of thing happens and it worked out really well in the end for the Broncos and it was smart business from Peyton. Yeah. Broncos fans for the most part have been pretty happy with George Peyton to the point where in a recent Twitter poll you did, John, three quarters of the fans that voted gave him an A. Fans are high on George Peyton. I know you've been kind of giving him a glowing grade as well in your, in your reporting on Broncos wire. I mean, they've really brought back the band and they've added some really quality pieces, right? From re-signing Justin Simmons and Shelby Harris to getting Vaughn Miller back. You know, maybe fans who love Philip Lindsay are a little upset that they swapped him with Mike Boone, but that's a story for another day. But they signed Ronald Darby. They signed Kyle Fuller. I mean, it's hard not to have a positive grade for George Payton right now. And it seems right now the fans, for the most part, are pretty happy with him. Yeah, there's a small minority, and I feel like, like you mentioned, it is largely Philip Lindsay motivated. There's a small group of fans that are not happy with him still. But as that poll result showed, like basically 75% of fans gave him an A grade, and then like 20% something gave him a B grade. So overwhelming majority of Broncos fans are very happy with him. And I'm so far, I'm happy with the moves he's made too. And I feel like an A grade, A minus, at least a, like a B plus plus, I feel like that's very fair for him. And some people have mentioned, well, until quarterback's situation is sorted out, I'm not ready to uh, 
weigh in on him. I'm like, okay, that's completely fair take. But of what he's done so far, I think you have to be pleased with what he did. The, the defense is looking good. The offense is looking good. And now it just seems like they're a quarterback away, and that may be something that they're about to address. Yes, we, we will get to all that. Where is George Payton been? What quarterbacks has he been scouting at Pro Days? We'll get to that here coming up. But an, another thing, and, and this kind of reminds me of the Kyle Fuller situation, you kind of got to watch Vic Fangio and what players might make sense for the next free agent move, John. And the next move on defense could be Alden Smith, right? Defensive end for the Cowboys, a player who played pretty well at times last year, but I think he just really... It was hard to evaluate anyone on that Cowboys defense last year. The the group as a whole was just freaking terrible for the Cowboys. It was just laughably bad. But Smith is a guy who started his career under Vic Fangio. You wrote about how this guy might end up being a, a veteran ad, a rotational player. Well, you know, What do you think about Alden Smith and his chances to get picked up by the Broncos here coming up? Yeah, I think some people are kind of connecting the dots because uh, last year... Alden Smith, he had gotten in a lot of trouble years ago, and the NFL kind of suspended him indefinitely. And then last year, the NFL finally reinstated him, and the Cowboys and Broncos showed interest in him, and the Broncos actually made him a contract offer. So last year, the Broncos were interested in him, and he ended up going to the Cowboys for a little more than the Broncos offered, but it still wasn't a lot. It was like under $3 million. And he, he, he had like just a fine season for not being in the NFL for a couple of years. I thought he was productive enough and he stayed on the field. He played for all 16 games. And as far as I can tell, he stayed out of trouble and didn't seem to be a big headache or anything. So it seems like the all those issues that he had a couple of years ago, it seems like they may be behind him. And like, as you mentioned, he's a Vic Fangio guy. His first couple years in the NFL were with the 49ers and Fangio was the Broncos defensive coordinator at that time and playing under Fangio Auden Smith had 81 quarterback hits and 44 sacks in like three and a half years his last year he he was only available for like half the season but it, it just after they lost Jeremiah Tachu last week in free agency he signed with the Bears they could kind of use a rotational backup outside linebacker to give uh, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb some relief. And they have Malik Reed. And Malik Reed's a good guy, but you want yet another one. You want to have two good backup rotational ed rushers. And to me, if Alden Smith, like if his problems are behind him, he's not the player that he once was. Like he's not a 44 sack player in four years anymore, but he's still a very high upside guy. And if all you're asking him to do is just be a rotational pass rusher, I feel like it would be a very smart move to pick him up, especially because judging off what the Cowboys paid him last year, I don't think it would be an expensive move at all. And they've got salary cap space. So it's something to watch. We're reporting this on Monday. So hopefully this doesn't (laughs) outdate itself if he signs. But I think he's someone to keep an eye on. One thing with the draft that's really interesting about the Broncos picking a number nine. And we even talked about this, John, before we hit record how the first four picks in this draft could easily be quarterbacks now that the 49ers traded some future first-rounders and a third-rounder to move up from number 12 to number 3. And I'm sorry, you're not doing that move unless you plan on drafting a quarterback. Obviously, oh, for, for sure. The Niners are drafting a QB now. What do you think this means for the draft, for the top of that draft, and what do you think it means for the Broncos at number 9? When you just look at the order of picks before the Broncos, number one, you got the Jaguars. Everybody knows they're taking Trevor Lawrence. Number two, you got the Jets. And there have been supposed reports that they may stick with Sam Darnold, but I just don't believe that. I think at number two, the Jets will take Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. 
And then at number three, like you just said, the 49ers are not trading to three unless they're taking a quarterback. So I feel like they'll take Wilson or Fields, whichever one the Jets don't pick. Or there's been a ton of buzz that the 49ers may have traded up with Mac Jones in mind. And to me, that's just crazy. Just pick him but at there's 12. So, <laughs> yeah, th- there's so much buzz about it, though. I feel like there might be some fire where there's smoke. Crazy. And so, so I feel like we have to consider the possibility that Mac Jones could go at three or, or Wilson or Fields, whatever it may be. And then at number four, you got the Falcons. And they've got Matt Ryan, and they'll probably keep him for a year or two at least just because of salary cap reasons. To move on from him, it would be a massive cap hit. But I think they will start looking at the future of quarterback, and I think they want to have a long-term option behind Matt Ryan. And to me, someone like uh, Trey Lance would make so much sense because Matt Ryan can be your starter, and Trey Lance, a lot of people think he needs time to develop. And it would take pressure off him if Matt Ryan's the guy and there's not really a quarterback controversy. Give him like a year or two to develop before turning over to him. So I feel like at number four, Trey Lance is a big time option. And then you mentioned the Dolphins and Eagles trade. Like, how do the Dolphins feel about Tua? Are they still going to draft a quarterback? I don't I don't know how they feel. And then at number eight, the Panthers. I don't think the Panthers are content with Teddy Bridgewater. So say say the 49ers don't pick Mac Jones and they get Wilson or Fields, whichever one the Jets don't get, and then say the Falcons pick Matt Ryan, then the Panthers, they still want a quarterback. So say they then get Mac Jones there. Then you go to number nine, the Broncos, who's left? Nobody. (laughs) To me, at least the top four quarterbacks are going off the board for the Broncos, and I think it's possible the top five will go off the boards. I think that there's six teams that could draft a quarterback And I think there's four teams that are very likely to draft a quarterback and there's five notable quarterbacks this year. So in my opinion, if any of them falls to nine, it will be Mac Jones. And I'm not really, we've talked about it before. I'm not really that high on Mac Jones. So I feel like if the Broncos are gunning for one of these top quarterbacks, they're going to have to trade up for them because I don't think any of them are going to be there. So if, if they're truly interested, I think a trade up is coming. So Broncos fans could be happy to know that George Payton, according to my guy here, John Heath, George Payton is not going to Mac Jones's pro day, so he's probably not all that interested in Mac Jones. The 49ers could have him, John. You know, where in the world is George Payton? What pro days has he been hitting? John's got all of that. We're going to talk about it coming up next. All right, John. So George Payton has been hitting a lot of pro days. Now, we know we went and saw Trey Lance. He's not going to see Mac Jones, but he is going to see uh, Ohio State's Justin Fields. Um, he did go to Zach Wilson's pro day. So he's been doing his homework on these quarterbacks, John, but I'm with you. Like I'm sitting at number nine. There are going to be a lot of good players there at nine as everybody just picks quarterbacks, right? And just fights over yep. the QBs ahead of you. You're sitting there at number nine and you're the Broncos. You might have your pick between Patrick Sertan or JC Horn or some of these, you know, stud defensive backs or there's, I'm sure there'll be some like nasty edge rushers or something. There's going to be a good player sitting there at number nine if the Broncos don't go quarterback. What do you see the uh, Broncos doing at number nine? What's your prediction right now based on what George Payton has been doing, based on all these pro days he's been going to? Do you think they're going to go with one of these like big-name corners? Is that kind of where you're leaning right now? Well, real fast, sorry to change the topic, but no, you, mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned earlier that Uh, him not going to Mac Jones pro day may be a sign that they're not interested in him. And I just want to say real quick, that may not necessarily be the case because I think Peyton wanted to go to Mac Jones first pro day, 
but he got tied up with free agency with like Kyle Fuller and Kareem Jackson and they cut a tight end. So he couldn't make the first one, but he did send their uh, top college scout. He sent Brian Stark to their Alabama's first pro day and he's sending more scouts to Alabama's second pro day. And the only reason he's not going is because he's going to Ohio state's pro day. And like Justin Fields, he's the name. And a lot of people want the Broncos to draft a quarterback, but like there's plenty of guys at Ohio state that he's going to be looking at. Sure. So it's not necessarily just Justin Fields versus Mac Jones, but obviously, well, not obviously, I feel like they're going to have Justin Fields above Mac Jones, just like probably almost everyone else will. Yes. So I, I do think that he has Fields above Jones in his order, but I don't think him not making the pro day is necessarily a sign that they're writing him off. I kind of hope it is. Like I would love for the 49ers to take Mac Jones at number three because one, that means he's not getting to nine. We don't even have to worry about the possibility of them drafting just because I'm not that high on him. And as I've said before, he may prove me wrong. He may become a Tom Brady and I'll have to eat these words. If that happens, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But like you mentioned, in addition to him not falling to nine and me being happy about that, I would also be happy because if he goes number three, it basically guarantees five quarterbacks are going in the first eight picks. And if there's five quarterbacks going in the first eight picks, there's only three more guys to go off the board. And there's more than three guys that are non quarterbacks that deserve to be a top nine pick. So like you mentioned, there's going to be somebody really talented falling to nine unless Mac Jones doesn't go off the board. He does follow the Broncos, but even say Mac Jones does fall to nine. There's still going to be someone talented. And I do like, I do like the corners. I I'm curious to see how they approach corner though, because after signing Ronald Darby and uh, Kyle Fuller, they don't have to take a corner at nine. They still can. And I wouldn't be shocked if they did, but they don't have to. So I like that they've got flexibility. They could go all kinds of different directions, uh, Caleb Farley, uh, the Virginia Tech cornerback, he's talking to them or he has spoken to them virtually multiple times in the pre-draft process. And before he had back surgery just last week, before his back surgery, DraftWire had him ranked as the number one corner. And a lot of Broncos fans really were really high on him. And I think it was partly because he's super fast. And when you're a Broncos fan and you think about the AFC West, you think about Tyreek Hill. So a corner that has blazing speed that you you really value that. So I feel like before free agency, before they added Ronald Darby and before they added Kyle Fuller and before Farley had back surgery, I think he was kind of the consensus number nine for most Broncos fans. But now it's a little bit less of a need. And I feel like there are some red flags now, like, okay, is Farley, is his back going to be a problem? Like the procedure that he had was to relieve pain. And just, you really worry about, a, a lower back problem as a cornerback because that could be something that bother you for your whole career. So I wonder, is this going to drop him down to like the middle of the first round or even the late first round? And if that happens, could the Broncos, because someone really good is falling to nine, will someone want to trade up or will multiple teams want to trade up? Can the Broncos trade down, get some more really nice draft picks and still land a very valuable corner like Farley later in the first round? So that would be a very interesting move. I wouldn't necessarily, even with him having injury problems, I wouldn't mind at all trading down, getting more picks, and ending up with a really valuable corner. Or if they want a corner that may not be quite as iffy, like Patrick Sertan, the Alabama cornerback, he might be an option at nine, and he doesn't come with the injury history. So I definitely think corner is a position to watch at nine. It's going to be so interesting to see how teams value Farley after his surgery. 
And then there's other guys like uh, the Penn State linebacker, Micah Parsons. Peyton went to his pro day in person. And that, like we've we've mentioned before, it does, just going to the pro day doesn't guarantee that they're eyeing them up, going to draft them, whatever. But it is notable because the Broncos need a cover linebacker and DraftWire has Micah Parsons as the number one off-ball linebacker in the draft. So when it's one of your big needs and he's one of the best guys in the draft, of course we're going to talk about it when – Peyton goes to a pro day like that, even if it doesn't necessarily guarantee anything. But one of the things with Parsons is he kind of has some people say he has off field concerns because at Penn state, there was like some hazing and it's kind of vague. Some other things may have happened as well. I think the Broncos will do their homework on him. And if they come to the conclusion that, okay, he was young and immature and did some stupid things, but he, we think he's grown up and we think he's going to – that stuff is behind him. I think they will definitely consider him at nine. But if they have concerns about his character, judging from the way they've drafted in recent years, they've seemed to really value high-character guys, a lot of like team captains and stuff like that. If they have a concern about his character, I think we can definitely write him off at number nine. But so And, and there's no way for us to know that because they're not going to reveal – before the draft, oh, we do like this guy or we don't like that guy because they want teams guessing as well for trades and everything. So we don't know how they view him, but if he checks the boxes for them, uh, Parsons to me is someone definitely to watch at nine. And then Farley and Sertan, they're definitely two other options at nine as well. The concept of trading back due to all, you know, due to just all the draft capital that's going to be available, that does make a lot of sense. So I could definitely see that happen happening given the fact that there's going to be a lot of stud defensive players available in the Broncos they're pretty set at defense aren't they John they probably don't need to add a stud defender maybe a linebacker I could see that but maybe they like other linebackers later in the draft so I think a trade back uh, uh, although fans might not be that excited about that thing that could definitely be in play but you know what else could be in play a trend we've seen over the last few years them drafting on offense what if they say screw it let's draft Kyle Pitts Let's put Kyle Pitts oh, with no offense, right? If Kyle Pitts, if he falls to nine, I would take him in a heartbeat. And George Payton, he has claimed that he wants to draft the best player available. If he truly means that and Pitts is there at nine, I 100% take, think they take him. Because Aaron Hernandez, of course, he did absolutely awful things, and he was a sad story. But as a football player, when the Patriots had Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, like that was insane. And if Sorry to cut you off, but if you add no, Kyle go. Pitts and Noah Fant, those are your two tight ends. And then on the outside, you have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick. Like, who cares if Drew Locke is just mediocre? <laughs> if you got all those guys, like, that offense is going to be good. So I completely agree. If someone falls like that and it's not even a position of need, like, you take him. We'll put freaking John Heath at quarterback if they get Kyle Pitts and Noah <laughs> Fan at tight end, right? So, so yeah, that would so. be worse than uh, Kendall Hinton. But I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I, I understand why fans are obsessed with them trying to figure out that quarterback position in the draft. But I don't know. Number nine is an interesting spot to be because uh, you know there's going to be so much quarterback action early on, and there's just going to be so much value at number nine for the Broncos. Maybe a Kyle Pitts. Maybe another stud player that just should not be there. So I don't know what the prediction is right now, but it's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out. It will be so interesting to see how the top eight shakes out. And I think that Broncos fans, they got to brace themselves for the fact that Drew Locke could be your guy in 2021. And some fans don't have to brace themselves because they're already obsessed with him and love him and he can do (laughs) it wrong. But in general, like you said, I feel like most fans want that uh, top of the line quarterback and 
as I said earlier, I just don't see one of these top draft quarterbacks falling to number nine. And it, and if they do, or if like they really like Mac Jones and he's there, they could take him. But to me, Mac Jones just is not—he's not as exciting as the top four guys. So I really feel like it's un- unless they trade up. So that's something we can't rule out the possibility of them trading up. Sure. But if they stay put, I think it's looking more and more likely that Drew Locke is going to be the guy. Unless like Deshaun Watson gets cleared or Russell Wilson goes on the trade block and like they make a trade like that, I think it's looking more and more like Drew Locke this year. Good stuff right there out of John Heath. John, now I know who your favorite player in the draft is because you almost you almost fell over when I said Kyle Pitts' name. So <laughs> I, I know who you love in this draft now. I don't even have to ask you going forward. Yeah, yeah he, he, is fan- he is fantastic. And I, I doubt he's going to be there. But if he is there, you, I, I'm kind of a believer in There's best shot, player man. available. There's a shot. Yeah, there and like we said, if five, if there's five quarterbacks in eight, that's definitely a possibility. Oh yeah, the possibilities are absolutely endless, and we'll be back next week to uh, to try again, John. We'll talk to y'all then. This USA Today Sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.